the long line of buggies is still making its way uh, to the Toucan, Toucan Tango and in real life girls I'm about to pick you up from school so I've probably got about five minutes to just do a short grab of this story as I do uh, and uh, yeah the long line of buggies is making its way to the Toucan Tango uh, so uh, let me just tell you about that uh, the Toucan Tango is where the children have breakfast and on this particular day the island kids have already had breakfast and they're coming back to the Toucan Tango for another breakfast. Uh, and why is that? Because they've got two new friends. And those two new friends, Ocean and Shell, haven't had breakfast yet. And the mayor said it's about, they should. It's about time they had some breakfast. You know, there's been a bit of a kerfuffle uh, this morning uh, at the airport uh, because Ocean and Shell uh, were expecting half expecting Miss Streep to meet them at the airport. I have to stop myself there because no, she's never at the airport to see them in. And Shell and Ocean know that. Uh, they've been on enough trips. Uh, but... <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a tricky one because they can't be ungrateful because she takes them everywhere. They've been all around the world. They're the, most, they're the luckiest orphans ever. Uh, so, and, and they are grateful. She's extremely generous, you know. People are complex, um, you know. Um, and uh, and if, if you put Miss Streep, Miss Streep, under a lie detector test, um, and asked her whether she was being the best possible uh, mother figure for these girls, then uh, she would say yes, and the lie detector test would absolutely say that she wasn't lying. You know, uh, she is, she firmly believes in her mind that she is there for the children, but. For one reason or another, it just never works out. You know? And even if it's not Miss Streep's fault, and it wasn't this time, you know, she slept in, that's all. Uh, even if it's not her fault, the fact remains is, wherever they go in the world, these poor little rich orphans, is that the way to put it? These poor little rich orphans land in a foreign airport and then becoming quite independent in their own way for very young children. Um, and they don't expect her to be there. And yeah, they know she's not going to be there. Uh, but yeah, let's get back to where we were up to and just pick it up from there. But I felt I had to interrupt myself there. And I haven't quite worked out what I think about Miss Streep yet. Uh, I do know she's a good person uh, who does many, many good deeds. I haven't even named most of them. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's tricky. Um, but as from Ocean's and Shell's perspective, um, as far as they are concerned, they uh, look after each other in terms of what you might call their emotional needs. Um, and, well, I guess that's that. Let's get back to where we were up to.
But wherever they go, Miss Streep always spends a week or two at that place before the children come. You know, she she likes to, how shall we say it, prepare the place for the children's arrival. So she goes probably a week or two early, and then for the last three days or so, uh, the children come along afterwards and meet her there, and then they all go home after a wonderful holiday uh, back to Chicago. Okay, and and Miss Streep usually uh, gets as many photos as she can of the children with her, you know, because she is uh, she is well, she's the closest thing they've got to a mother, isn't she? She gets lots of photos and takes them back and shows them to all the people who've donated money to her and uh, to allow the children to go to the, on the holiday. And, um, and that works really well, and the children get to go on a holiday as a result of that. Okay, uh, but this particular, on this particular trip, none of that's going to happen, and there's been a kerfuffle, uh, and Miss Streep is no longer on the island. That's the first time that's ever happened. Such a, such a drama. Uh, as this was on this occasion, you know, Miss Tripp is on her way back to Chicago without the children. I don't think Miss Tripp has thought this through. Nobody knows what's happening, you know. And just quietly between you and me, the mayor is has already made up his mind that he's that he's going to have to have a good think about this and call a council of the grown-ups. I'll explain what the council of the grown-ups is later. Uh, but it's basically, you know, where the mayor gathers uh, the grown-ups of the island together with himself and they all decide what to do when a problem arises. Okay, so that's what the council of the grown-ups is. Okay, uh, but right now, uh, yeah, on this occasion, um, no photos, no Miss Streep. Uh, just two children stranded on an island without their mother figure. Uh, but they do have Amy Jones on the island still. She's in the front buggy with the mayor at the moment. And Amy Jones is a little bit distraught. She's a bit upset. Even she doesn't know what's going on. Uh, because this is the first time in many years that she has not been with... Uh, Ms. Um, Ms. Streep. Uh, Ms. Streep pays her her wage. She works for Ms. Streep. And suddenly Ms. Streep's gone and Amy Jones is still on the island and uh, she doesn't know what to do with herself. But right now the mayor is taking care of everything. Okay. Now, um, so the long line of buggies is heading towards the Toucan Tango where the children have breakfast. And I think I did mention it's a beautiful place to have breakfast. Yeah, there's a, uh, it's got a beautiful view of the island. In fact, did I mention this? I can't remember. Uh, as you're sitting down for breakfast uh, and you look to, uh, you look to the west, uh, well, it's closer to, let me think, North, south, east. Do you know what? I've lost track of what's north, south, east and west on the island. But one of the walls um, 
is not a wall it's just an open you know an open it's opened up it's all opened up it's glass panels that open up and it just looks out on the ocean so if you're looking straight forward you're looking at the ocean now if you look to your left in the Toucan Tango the long line of buggies is not at the Toucan Tango yet but this is what they can expect when they get there right now if you look to straight ahead you're looking at the ocean um, and if you look to your left, you're looking at the, uh, the swim-up bar pool. There's a pool that's got a swim-up bar. You know, it's um, right in the middle of the swimming pool. It's a huge swimming pool. Right in the middle of the swimming pool, there's a bar where you can go and get drinks. You know, and the grown-ups might go and get a drink of champagne or something like that. Uh, and children can go and get a slushy at the swim up bar but you your money gets wet you you swim up to the bar and uh, and you sit in the water on stools that are in the water um, and um, and if you uh, and behind you as you're staring out at the ocean uh, behind you is where the servery is and that's where you get your food and if you look to your right, there's a wall. Now, children, you're about to jump in the car, so I have to I have to stop the recording. Are you right? <laughs> Alex is in the car first, and we're waiting for you, Harley. Yes. Why are you happy? because you got the front seat. I thought you would enjoy that. Uh, you may be in your 20s by the time you're listening to this podcast. And right then was Alex. Not his real name. <laughs> your brother, your little brother. Hello, Alex. Uh, I'm using fake names in this podcast. And I just double-tricked you. Uh, so, um, he uh, raced for the car to make sure that he had the front seat. And uh, now, uh, but this, it's a strange sort of race you two have every day after school, uh, Alex and Harley, uh, because Alex dashes for you, Alex, dash for the car and jump in triumphantly. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Harley is not even making a move towards the car because she's still busy talking to Isabella each night. Uh, and we have to pretty much toot to get her to come to the car. So it's a race with a difference. However, Alex, you like winning, even if the other person isn't racing. <laughs> right, now, back to the story. Uh, oh, I have to make the little musical thing because I make a distinction between talk story and me chatting to you guys. So, uh, you guys, I don't say you guys, I'm not American. Right, uh, so back to the talk story, I'll just do the theme music and then back to the talk story. And I do remember that I was in the middle of describing the Toucan Tango, the layout. Um, as you sit at a table, um, if you are facing the water, 
you are facing the water and on your left is a view of the uh, swim up bar swimming pool and behind you is the servery where you go and collect your food it's a buffet and to your right is a wall that's where I got up to there's a wall now along that wall most of the wall is taken up by uh, drinks and a toaster you know a large toaster that can toast many pieces of bread and uh, and what do you put in a toaster toast <laughs> no bread uh, and so there are drinks you know pineapple juice all that sort of thing and coffee for the grown-ups and yeah a toaster um, and um, but those uh, you know all of that doesn't take up the whole wall it goes most of the way along that wall towards the view of the ocean you know it starts at the servery and makes its way down the wall you know all the all the small tables where you can go and get your drinks or you know make your toast and so on and uh, and then right at the end of that wall there is one small table uh, you know a breakfast table and that is reserved for another person who lives on the island and his name is Harold Harold the pessimist and even he doesn't mind getting called Harold the pessimist because he said I am a pessimist I am a pessimist and I've got very good reason for being a pessimist because things always go wrong he says um, only someone who is crazy is not a pessimist the only sensible person on the island is a pessimist as far as Harold is concerned and he always you know every morning the children see him there when the island kids come down for breakfast Harold's already there at his table facing the wall he's got this beautiful view but he doesn't look at the view he looks at the wall and he wears a gray suit um, which is very odd on a tropical island only two people wear a suit on the island on the entire island only two people wear a suit and that is the mayor who wears a black suit and he's got a fob watch I'll have to tell you what a fob watch is kids do you know what a fob watch is and um, and the fob watch has got a little gold chain you know, that um, hooks onto his jacket and he checks that often and uh, and that is the mayor the mayor wears a black suit now Harold wears a grey suit he's the only other person on the island who wears a suit and Harold also has an umbrella and um, uh, very unusual on a tropical island to see people wearing suits but the mayor and Harold wear suits now the mayor is a very cheerful kind of person very smiley and cheerful and just plain nice look Harold's nice too but he worries a lot about things that might go wrong during the day and um, every morning he says pretty much the same thing you know if and the children always say good morning Harold always say good morning they're well-mannered children and Harold always says oh I don't think so I don't think so I have a bad feeling about today oh say the children every morning you know what do you think what do you think might happen Harold 
And Harold said, says, I can't tell, but I'll know by the end of the day, but I've got a bad feeling. And Harold uh, is often right. Unfortunate things do happen on the island sometimes. And Harold is always well prepared. Um, He has an umbrella for a start in case it rains. He's always expecting rain. Even when there's not a cloud in the sky, Harold says, all you need is a stiff breeze to bring in the clouds and then the rain. Um, And often he's right, you know, especially in the rainy season. He's often not very right in the dry season. But in the rainy season, he's often right. But he carries the umbrella in case, just in case, or whether it's dry season or rainy season. And Harold carries a bag everywhere he goes. When when the children, the island kids, come down to breakfast and Harold is already sitting there. Now, the the children are not in the Toucan Tango right now. Um, Harold is. Uh, The children are in the long line of buggies slowly making its way towards the Toucan Tango at the moment uh, from the airport. That's where the children are at the moment, the island kids. They're coming down for breakfast again. They've already had breakfast. Uh, Now, did I mention that before? I lose track of what I'm up to because uh, I I tell you these talk stories in between, uh, dropping you children off for things after school. Uh, I'm dealing with three different versions of you, aren't I? Um, These talk stories uh, were originally given to you as three and four and five and six-year-olds. And right now, um, you know, I'm Uber Daddy, you know, the taxi driver Daddy. Uh, I rush you around because you're in school, you know. Harley and uh, Alex, you are in primary school still. And Scarlett, you are in secondary school. And Scarlett... I just dropped you off at Art, and um, I'll be picking you up at six. Nobody else would be interested in any of this, but I think you would, and this podcast is really just for you. And, and um, Alex, and then you're off to Cubs, Alex, after that. Uh, this is the, you know, the sort of children, you, not the, no, this is the, you know, the middle ages for you children. So you're 14, 12 and 8 at the moment. Scarlett, Harley and Alex, all fake names. And then by the time you listen to this podcast, I'm imagining that you'll be maybe 24, 22 and 18. Yeah. So there's three different versions of you I'm talking to. But um, right now, uh, the... Uh, I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> I've lost track. Okay, so where were we? Ah, yes, I was describing uh, the Toucan Tango, and Harold is there. Harold is first down for breakfast every morning at the Toucan Tango, and he's got a bag. Um, and in that bag, he's got all sorts of um, things that he would need if various emergencies, you know, one of any number of emergencies might happen. So he's actually even got a small fire extinguisher in his bag, just in case there's a fire. Um, he's got first aid equipment, of course. He's got all, you know, he's got a first aid kit, band-aids and bandages and ointments and all sorts of things. He's got all sorts of medicines. Um, 
he actually doesn't take any medicine. He's as healthy as healthy can be. Uh, but he's got every kind of medicine you can imagine. Number one, uh, just in case he should uh, unexpectedly catch some disease, you know, or something. Uh, he carries cough mixture in case he should get a cough. Do you know he's never had a cough? He's never caught a cold, uh, Harold. He's amazingly healthy, but he always carries cough mixture just in case he should catch a cough one day. Uh, and he's got all sorts of medicines for all sorts of different things. He has got Panadol in his bag in case he should ever get a headache. Do you know he's never had a headache? He's never had a headache either. Uh, he, um, and he's got fold-up crutches. Now, that sounds amazing. Uh, he's got crutches, but they fold up. But he's able to unfold them and click them into place, and suddenly there's some crutches. Yeah, but they fit in his bag because he's able to fold them up, and they're very lightweight. He's, he's got a very wonderful bag full of emergency equipment, and he says, "I have those crutches there in case I should break a leg, because you never know when I might break a leg." And he's right; he could, at any stage, break a leg. He never has broken a leg, but one day it could happen. All right, so that's Harold, and he sits in the corner. And every day, the island kids come down for breakfast, and he's already there. And he's already got his breakfast. He always has the same breakfast. Baked beans, one sausage, and orange juice. And that is Harold's breakfast. Okay. Uh, but right now, yes, it's Harold in the in the Toucan Tango, and... Um, it's rather late for breakfast now. He takes a long time to eat his breakfast, Harold. Um, he's been there since early in the morning and is now getting sort of, you know, on the way to lunchtime now. Uh, now, the children were down earlier for breakfast before the aeroplane came in and they have already had their breakfast and Harold was already there. Yeah, and obviously they went and said good morning to Harold and Harold said, I don't think so. Okay, because that's Harold. And the children were down for breakfast. And then the mayor came in. And Harold is in a grey suit, remember, but the mayor is in a black suit. And the mayor came in and announced to the children and announced to the children that the aeroplanes were coming in and that after breakfast he would like to see them down at the airport greeting the passengers. You know, that was earlier in the day. So they had their breakfast. On, earlier in the day, they had their breakfast and went off to the airport. Now they were on their way back from the airport for another breakfast. And they did not expect that. They did not expect to be coming back for a second breakfast. Uh, but um, they did not expect to be making two new friends. And they have two, made two new friends. And that is Ocean and Shell. And they're all in the buggy right now. Um, and they're reaching the top of the kind of hill that there's a little hill in between the airport so if you're coming from the airport on Hamilton Island you go up a hill in your buggy and you get to the kind of the top of the hill you know now if when you're at the top of that hill and you look to your left uh, there is the Hamilton Island Harbour and oh my goodness, what a sight that is. It's beautiful, the harbour. Beautiful yachts and a wonderful restaurant right at the end in the shape of a boat. And 
you know, that's where all the shops are, you know, the main shops, the bakery, the restaurants, there's a, um, there's a pizza place, a pizza restaurant that the children sometimes go to for special occasions. They have all their birthdays there. Uh, so all special events are had at the pizza restaurant, which is called the Manta Ray. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, and then there's all sorts of things like that. That is all around the harbour. Yeah, there's even a small supermarket down there. Okay. And the supermarket is called the IGA. You know, it's a, uh, and that's the supermarket for the whole island. All right. So if you're on top of the hill coming from the airport, you know, you go up a hill and you end up on top of the hill. And if you look to your left, you can see the harbour. Now, if you look to the right, you can see the accommodation. You know, if you look down the hill to the right, there's a road leading down to the accommodation. And, you know, there is the Reef View Hotel. You know, that's where all the people live. And that is the people who live on the island. Um, and also the uh, tourists, because the island is there for tourists as well. Uh, so if you look down there, there's the Reef View Hotel. And there are three other uh, places where people live. And uh, the Refu Hotel is for tourists mainly. And there is also another set of um, apartments. Very tall buildings these are. The Refu Hotel is very tall. I think it's like maybe 18 storeys. And there is also... Um, and the Refu Hotel has wonderful glass lifts elevators, lifts, you know, and you hop in the lift and the lifts are on the outside of the building. So as you're going up the width, up, up the, um, oh, up the, uh, to the top of the Refue Hotel, uh, you're in a glass elevator, you know, and, and you can look at the whole island from those glass elevators and they're the fastest elevators, lifts in the whole Southern Hemisphere on the planet. Um, oh, I mentioned those previously, didn't I? Because Miss Streep was staying in the penthouse of the Refue Hotel and she came down in those lifts, didn't she? All right. Uh, so that's that. And um, tourists live in the, you know, they stay in the Refue Hotel. Uh, but the on the top floor of the Refue Hotel is the Refue penthouses. And the mayor lives in one of those. And special guests stay in the other penthouses. There's a, you know, there's a number of penthouses on the top floor. And uh, that's where Miss Streep was staying. And by the way, uh, Miss Streep hasn't checked out yet. She's gone back to Chicago, but that was unexpected. She didn't expect to be going back to Chicago. So she still has the room booked. But what's going to happen tonight is the mayor is going to allow uh, Amy Jones to stay in the penthouse. But... Um, what's going to happen is the two children, Ocean and Shell, are going to stay in the penthouse with Amy Jones. Uh, and they can stay in Miss Streep's room, recently vacated. Miss Streep won't be there tonight. So uh, Amy Jones can look after the children tonight. And they can stay in the penthouse along with Amy Jones. And the mayor will be next door in his penthouse apartment. All right, so that's the Refue Hotel. So if you're standing... You know, if you're in your buggy at the top of the hill, and right now the buggies are 
reaching the top of the hill, the long line of buggies. If you look to the left, you can see the harbour. If you look to the right, you can see all the accommodation, and including the Reefview Hotel. Uh, and next to the Reefview Hotel are the Whitsunday Apartments, and they're beautiful too. They're for guests only. The Reefview Hotel is for guests as well, but the top, uh, on the top floor, the mayor lives in one of the penthouses. Otherwise, that's for tourists as well. And further down is a low, you know, a, a set of low buildings, uh, beautiful apartments, and three sets of apartments called the Lagoon, Hibiscus, and Frangipani. That's three sets of apartments. And in those apartments, uh, you have some guests, tourists, but also quite a few people who live there, island people, people who live on the island. And that's where the island kids live. They live in those apartments. Some of the island kids live in the lagoon, some live in Hibiscus, and some live in Frangipani, you know, with their parents. You haven't met their parents yet, but you will. All right, so if you're on top of the hill, if you look to the left, you see the harbour. And if you look to the right, you see the accommodation, you know, on the other side of the island. Right, on, 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 on to, you know, the other side of that hill, that hill, you know. And, um, yeah. and also underneath, well, not underneath in the ground, but, you know, in front of uh, the Reef View Hotel, there is the Toucan Tango restaurant. And that's where the children are headed. Yeah, and the mayor. You know, the mayor and Amy Jones are in the first buggy and all the children are following along behind. Um, immediately behind the mayor is a buggy containing a driver and Ocean and Shell and Sienna and Jane. Okay? They're the they've already made friends, those four. And in the buggies behind that are all the other island kids. And um, one of those kids is uh, Joshua, who is Sienna's brother. And another kid in one of those other buggies is Tommy, who is Joshua's friend. You know, they're best friends, you know. That's Josh and um, Josh and Tommy. They're, they're best friends. They're also cousins. Uh, and did I mention that Jane and Sienna are cousins as well? Uh, well, that makes sense, doesn't it, if you work it all out? Okay. Now, if, you are on, if you're in a line of buggies, as the children were at this moment in time, if you look to the left, you can see the harbour, and if you look to the right, you can see the accommodation. If you turned around and looked backwards, of course, you would be looking at the airport again, wouldn't you? But you can't quite see it because it's, there's lots of trees and all that sort of stuff, and the road's quite windy, but it is behind you. Now, if you were to keep driving forward, and not turn left or right, you go up this long, windy road to the Sunset Lookout, the Hamilton Island Sunset Lookout. And, that, and people go up there um, in, in the evening, just before the sun sets, and they watch the sunset. Um, there was a cyclone not too long ago on Hamilton Island, and there used to be a gazebo on top of the Sunset Lookout, a gazebo that people used to stand under and, um, and look at the sunset going down. And sometimes people would go up there when a lot of people get married on Hamilton Island 
and uh, people would go up there and have their wedding photos up there because it's so beautiful. But a cyclone came along uh, not too long ago and just picked up the gazebo. Luckily, nobody was in it. And the gazebo was picked up by the cyclone and went, and nobody knows where it's gone. It was absolutely unbelievable. The whole gazebo just disappeared. That's what happens in cyclones. Cyclones are very dangerous on Hamilton Island. There's a few things that are very dangerous on Hamilton Island. There's a few things that are very dangerous in Australia altogether. Um, there's another thing that's dangerous on Hamilton Island called the Irukandji jellyfish. Uh, I'll talk about that one day too. Uh, that's something in the water that you have to be careful of. Um, but cyclones are dangerous too. And I'll explain what you're supposed to do when a cyclone comes along. Comes along. Uh, uh, if, I, hope, I hope we never get a cyclone in these talk stories. But if a cyclone comes along, everybody rushes for the Refue Hotel. And that's where everybody hides or stays in the Refue Hotel until the cyclone is gone. Uh, but the Refue Hotel is very strong. It was built for cyclones. And even the lifts, you know, the glass lifts that I talked about, the elevators... Do you know that they're cyclone-proof? You can They're made of glass, but such strong glass that you can be inside those lifts and the glass is unbreakable. You can still go in those lifts even during a cyclone. Uh, but the mayor says, we'd rather you didn't. You know? But in an emergency, if you need to go up to the penthouse or come down from the penthouse in a cyclone, you can use the lifts. They're the most amazing lifts and they're the fastest lifts in the Southern Hemisphere. All right, so I've given you the layout. And right now, the line of buggies is reaching, or has just reached, the top of that small hill. Um, and the children are excitedly uh, pointing out all the sights to Ocean and Shell, the visitors to the island. And they said, now if you look to the right, that's where we're headed. The Toucan Tango is down there, and we live down there. Ah, said Michelle, that's very nice. It looks lovely, looking down the hill. And she could see uh, the Whitsunday Apartments and the Refue Hotel, and, and, they, and the children pointed out all the sites. And there's a beautiful beach down there called Cat's Eye Beach. Cat's Eye Beach, you know. And, um, and the children said, that's where we spend most of our time down there. Yeah. So we're going to give you a wonderful time. And, said uh, Jane to Ocean, see that building with the glass lifts? And Ocean said, yes. And, um, she said, you're staying at the top of those. There's penthouses there and it's beautiful and you're going to be staying there tonight. And Ocean went, wow, that looks great, you know. And, um, and then they said, and if you keep going straight forward, we're not going to do that now, we're going down to the Toucan Tango, but if you go straight forward, there's a lookout up there. We'll take you up there tonight when the sunset happens. And, um, and Michelle said, I love sunsets. Shell said, I love sunsets, you know. And Sienna said, oh, we can't wait to show you our sunsets. <laughs> um, so you'll see a sunset tonight. Um, and she said, but there used to be a gazebo up there, Shell, uh, but it's not there anymore. It blew away. How did it blow away? Said Shell. There was a cyclone. What's a cyclone? Said Shell. A cyclone. You know what a cyclone is, you know, where 
all the air swirls round and round and round and round, you know, and, and causes lots of damage. Oh, a tornado, said Shell. Tornado, um, said, um, said um, Sienna. Um, I'm not sure. And, uh, and Shell said, in America we have tornadoes that do that. And Shell said, oh. And uh, Sienna said, in Australia we have uh, cyclones that do that. Maybe they're the same thing. Okay. And, um, and then Sienna said to Shell, now look over to the left and that's our harbour. That's our harbour. Yeah, where all the boats are. Um, and suddenly, as they were looking down there at the harbour, um, um, the most amazing silver, it was a very pale silver, glittery boat, suddenly reversed out of its berth and started heading towards the entrance to the harbour. And on the side of that boat, it was a racing boat. It was the most amazing looking boat. I mean, imagine if Batman had a boat. Well, Batman did have a boat, um, um, but that it was glittery and silver. You know, it was so li- it was such a light silver that it was almost white. You know, it, it 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 was the color of a white diamond almost. It was the most amazing thing. And the sun was up and. Uh, when the sun bounced off this racing boat, it was dazzling. You could, you, you almost needed sunglasses just to look at it. And on the front of the boat, there was a picture, a picture of an eye, a blue eye. You know, um, just imagine a, 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 a cat's eye. You know, a cat. It was blue, um, and it was the most amazing-looking boat. Um, and Michelle said, Shell said, my goodness, look at that boat. You know, there were lots of wonderful, wonderful boats in the harbour. Um, but she, she was, uh, you know, her mouth was open wide. It was such a beautiful boat. And the boat was just taking off now, heading towards the entrance to the harbour. And then Sienna said, oh, that's Sally. And Shell said, uh, who's Sally? Oh, Sally, she works for the Queen of England. Oh, said Shell, I've heard of the Queen of England. Now, the Queen of England is the Queen of Australia as well. So all the island kids know about the Queen a lot better than Shell does because Shell comes from America. Shell and Ocean both come from America. Um, so the Queen of England is not the Queen of America, because America doesn't have a queen. I might tell you about all that another day, children. But at the moment, you know, suffice it to say that um, the Queen of England is the Queen of Australia as well. And uh, because England and Australia, you know, they're all part of the same thing. Okay. Now, um, but Sienna was just explaining to Shell that Sally works for the Queen of England. And, she went on, she does secret missions. Um, when the Queen really needs something to do, uh, she 
she calls, you know, and something that needs doing in Australia, she calls on uh, Sally. This Sally sounds very exciting, said Shell. She is, said, um, said Shell. She's also the mother of uh, th- uh, three of the children in the buggies behind us. Oh, said Shell. Which ones? Oh, the triplets, said Sienna. I saw three girls that looked very similar to each other. In fact, two of them looked identical. Um, but the other one is smaller, isn't she? Said, uh, said um, Shell. Yes, said Sienna. The triplets, um, you know, and there's the two bigger triplets and the smaller one, but they, yes, two of them, you can't tell them apart. And the third one does look a little bit different, which is a bit unusual, but that happens with triplets sometimes. Um, and um, Shell said, oh, that's interesting. So Sally is their mother. And they said, yes, um, Sally is the, the mother of the triplets. Oh. And Sienna said, now just watch. Um, because Sally's racing boat is about to leave the harbour. Watch what happens next. Okay, said Shell. And Ocean was watching too. And all the children. In fact, the line of cars um, were stopped just at the moment because they were waiting for buggies. Oh, sorry, the line of buggies were stopped because there were other buggies going the other way and they had to wait for them. And then um, an ocean suddenly piped up. What is the name of her boat? And uh, Ocean asked. And uh, Jane said, the boat is called Cat's Eye. And that's why it's got a cat's eye on the front, painted on the front. And ah, it looked like um, a jewel. You know, the eye that was painted on the front of the boat actually looked alive. You know, it looked like a jewel, a precious blue jewel. And, um, but, um, but Shell said, now watch, that's the fastest boat in all of Australia. It's not only the fastest boat in Hamilton Island, but Sally goes on special missions, you know, secret missions, and she has to have a fast boat because of that. You know, when the Queen needs someone to go on a special mission. Um, have you ever seen James Bond? Said Shell to, uh, said Sienna to Shell. And Shell said, no. And Sienna said, neither have we, because that's for grown-ups. It's a movie for grown-ups. But I've heard that James Bond is a secret agent. Well, Sally is like that, except for real. You know, James Bond is just pretend in a movie, but Sally is a secret agent for real. She works for the Queen. And Shell was very impressed, you know. Um, anyway, Sienna said, right, shh, watch, 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 watch. It's about to take off. It's, a, it's, it's exciting watching uh, Sally when she gets into the open water and takes off. And sure enough, Sally took the boat. You know, they could see the boat leaving the harbour. And then the boat, once it got clear of the harbour, because you can't go fast inside the harbour, it turned left and then, and this is the way the children always say it, Sally gunned it. You know? Now what that means is she hit the accelerator. And when she hit the accelerator, you know, like pushed the accelerator forward, um, 
the boat now they couldn't even see Sally she was too small just a dot really because the boat was quite a long way away now but they suddenly they saw the boat lift up in the water and start zooming forward a huge wash of water washed out of the back of the boat and with a you know they couldn't hear it you know but they could see it because it was a long way away and the boat lifted completely out of the water and started rushing along the ocean faster than the fastest boat you ever saw and then within about five seconds it was gone it just disappeared and all you could see was the waves it was like lightning disappearing over the horizon on the water lightning flying along the surface of the water and that was cat's eye and sally was gone and ocean said wow and all of the children giggled <laughs> because they loved watching sally take off you know all right and that was that suddenly the mayor said all right children take care we're about to turn right make sure you've got you know uh, make sure you don't do anything silly keep your seatbelts on we're going to the toucan tango and then the, all the buggies started to turn right and headed down the hill towards the toucan tango